Rush is back. Hour number three. Teddy Lehman here, Tyler McComas. Hanging out in Norman at Scratch. Josh Helmer manning the operations back in studio. Alamo Bowl is lit. It's uh, The field looks good. They got the big Alamo Bowl logo, Valero logo on the 50, and then again on both 25s. Uh, it's a cool venue, man. I'm telling you, I like it. I really like it. I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere, too. Uh, just hanging around the Riverwalk uh, this morning slash this, uh, this afternoon around lunchtime, it was already very, very lively uh, for the Sooner fans. So, yeah, Tyler, you said earlier it's going to be kind of like the group that goes down for the Texas game. I think that's exactly the type of group we're talking about. Plus, uh, Harry James Taylor is here, uh, <laughs> Boomer Sooner chanting all over the place. So, uh, yeah. Did you really see him today? Did that happen? Tyler, so in our hotel – that's so curious. There's, there's these, these, the bank of elevators is in the middle of the building, and the elevators are glass, and like the whole inside of the hotel is basically hollow all the way up to the very top. So if you're at the very top floor and you get in the elevator, if people want to down on the lobby floor, they can see people in the elevator coming down, and. I get in the elevator, and we're about to go to lunch, and I look down, and I see the lobbies just full of Sooner fans. I'm like, oh, great. And I, as the elevator's going down, I see Harry James Taylor pointing at the elevator I love from it. across the lobby and, like, running across the lobby <laughs> to come over uh. And, uh, and greet me as I got, got off the elevator. So... I'm sure you loved every awesome. minute of that. Teddy Lehman, Teddy Lehman, screaming with that high pitched voice that he has. Oh That's yeah, your favorite. he was screaming and is echoing throughout the entire hotel. It was great. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Now I um I kind of had a serious case of FOMO when I woke up this morning. I was like, dang, I kind of wish I was down there. But I'm actually really excited to be here today at Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. A lot of listeners have come by, man. They've gotten some ref hats. They've gotten some ref T-shirts. So it's it's been a fun afternoon here. I'll be here until 6 p.m. we got a few listener number 31 T-shirts left if you uh, want to come by and hang out. You and I are both confident that not, as, not only is OU going to win, they are going to roll, which probably means that we both think that they're going to get off to a really fast start and there might be a throw-in-the-towel factor for Oregon somewhere around the second quarter. Am I right on that? Uh, I think first or second drive of the third quarter. OU's got a nice little lead at halftime. They come out and maybe score on the first possession of the third quarter, and Oregon's like, "All right, well, that's and then force a we turnover. gave it our yeah. we gave it our best chance, but that's that's about it." And the yeah. crowd is gonna just go into a frenzy. Uh, I'm I'm honestly I'm anxious to see how many people are here. Because I, I thought someone was saying last night maybe that there were still a ton of tickets available from OU's allotment. Is that the case? Have you heard that? I have not heard that. I And I don't know how many they got in the allotment. I'm looking on StubHub right now, and the cheapest ticket, and it's like the worst seat in the house, is $54. So that's a pretty good sign yeah. that there's going to be a lot of people there. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. 
there's really not a bad seat in the house, honestly. It's pretty. I like the I like the design of the uh, of the dome. But, hey, you know yeah. what's um, it, it is it is a nice stadium. Like real quick, I just randomly thought because I I do think a a win or a loss tonight kind of affects. I mean, it's not going to change the way that we feel about the season, but in terms of momentum going in the off season, if they they win against Oregon tonight, the excitement's going to be ramped up even further. We, we've talked about this. In a loss, you kind of sit around and say, how did we lose that? This, that that wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be sending Bob off the right way. Oregon, it doesn't feel like they really care one way or the other if they, if they win or lose. It does not feel like their level of excitement has been anywhere near OU's, even though they get it, they got an entire new coaching staff as well. Like they're not, they're yeah. not rolling in with the momentum that that OU's had. It doesn't feel that way, but honestly, would we know if it was? Probably not. Probably not. Um, no. Well, I mean, we're pretty far removed from Eugene, but we feel like I don't know. You, you feel like you'd, whether it be social media or something, that they are really excited about their future. It just kind of seems like. They're, uh, well, here's another guy that's going to do some nice things maybe and eventually leave in two to three years like the, the guys before him. Yeah. You know, we both lost our last game that we played. For Oklahoma, it almost doesn't feel like it because we never really even talked about that game because Lincoln decided to leave that next morning and the whole thing just kind of blew up and turned into this really weird next week or two um but we all watched oregon get absolutely stomped in the pac-12 championship game so that's kind of like the lasting memory of that football team where it felt like and i, I know we lost our last game too but at least it was a, a competitive game oh you had a nine point but, lead in the fourth quarter yeah they didn't get ran up yeah. you know all over the entire game it it felt like Oregon kind of already quit in that Pac-12 championship, right? I, that was kind of the, you know, the moment where they kind of threw their hands up on the season. But, you know, I'm sure there is some energy there with them getting a, a hot young name as their uh, name as their new head coach. Uh, whenever Chris DeBowell left and went to Miami, but I don't know. It's hard to gauge because we live in the OU bubble, so. I, I could just tell you this, and I know the travel is way different. There's there's hardly any Oregon fans here, from what I've seen. Yeah, uh, what what have you counted? Eleven is the counter still at eleven? Oregon fans still at eleven. Jeez, still at eleven. But uh, like I said, I have been around OU's home base at their hotel in that area of the Riverwalk. I'm sure wherever Oregon is staying, there's more people at their team hotel than than what I've seen, but I would still be shocked if there's anywhere close to the amount of uh, Oregon fans as there is well, OU. Seems like everyone that's texted us today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line is like, hey, uh, hanging out the Riverwalk, listening to you guys. Hey, uh, heading to the stadium, uh, listening to you guys today. So, yeah, there's been there's been a ton of OU fans that have made their hey, way down south. Uh, how about this? I wanted to uh, – I, I just remembered to, to talk about this. Last night, hanging out down at the restaurant at the hotel, having a beverage or two after dinner, there was a lady that walked up wearing a Listener 31 shirt. Nice. How about that? That's so awesome. cool. 
Wow. Yep. Did you avoid her like you do every other OU fan out in public, or did you actually say hi to her? I did not. I did not. You know what's great? She bought it from the uh, the fan shop that we have. The ref store. So pretty cool. cool. Or Yeah, the yeah, ref store. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, that's the good news about today at Scratch. You don't even have to buy one. You can just come by and say hi and uh, grab one of those T-shirts. So, no, that, that's cool, man. I, I love to hear things like that. You, um, We joked around in the opening segment about special teams, right? And you can't totally, you know, like, if the mentality in your program is that you don't care about special teams, that's not really something that you can resolve in the handful of practices that OU's had up to this point. But, like, seeing as what Bob is all about as a head coach and seeing as how special teams were normally pretty good when he was the head coach, like, do you think we're going to see the same philosophy tonight with – punt returns and kick returns, or are we going to see a much more aggressive kick return and punt return game with him as the interim head coach? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Coach Stoops is going to make many changes to any of the stuff like that, if that makes sense. I think he's going to allow the coaches on the staff Whatever coach is responsible for kickoff or kickoff return or punt or punt return, handle those units accordingly with however they see fit. I don't think there's going to be a philosophy change from Coach Stoops regarding special teams. At least I don't think. But it would not shock me if in order to energize the the team, engage the team a little bit in special teams, if he didn't ask the coaches to introduce a wrinkle or two that they may have up their sleeve in case they want to unveil it. Right. Or just like a mention of like, hey, if you you know field the ball at the five-yard line, we're not doing the whole analytics crap. Don't fair catch it. Like, bring it, out, bring it out. Bring it out and see if you can make a play. Because the way that they've approached special teams recently feels like it goes against everything that Bob Stoops believed in as a head coach. So if he was yeah. going to change anything – I'd feel like that is one thing that we're going to see that's different tonight is they're going to be a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm trying to figure out what I can say and what I can't. I'll Ooh, just leave it at that. Huh. You think you th- there's going to be a trick play. In the kickoff return, no, I'm not. There? I'm not saying that. That is not what I'm saying at all. I just I had something that maybe I could add, but I'm I'm not going to. Hope none of the uh, eleven Oregon fans are listening right now. Give away the trick play that's going to happen on special teams. <laughs> Opening kick. Is that what it is? Yeah. So what? All hey, right. what's the trick play? Are are, are they going to throw it back to Hunter Wall on the fake punt? Or are they going to throw it to Chris Chester on the fake field goal? Which one is it? Or to uh, Michael – was it Michael Thompson on the fake punt at Alabama? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have – that's an interesting question, what they might do. Do you have any idea if Burke each can throw a football? Um, no, but let's go ahead huh. and find out, right? Hmm, like okay. Bob said, what are they going to do, fire him? <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush. 
coming up. Tyler's hanging out there at Scratch. I'm here at the Alamo Bowl gearing up for the game. We'll take you right up till 6 o'clock. Then we'll start the pregame on the broadcast. And then we're throwing it to OU Women's Basketball, correct, Tyler? OU Women's Hoops, we will join in progress at 6 p.m. That is correct, yes. There you go. All right, quick timeout. We'll be right back. It is the rush on the ref. Hour number three of the rush. Brought to you by Cavens Construction Group. They are specializing in facilities maintenance and residential roofing. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or check them out, cavensconstruction.com. It is a beatdown right now in Yankee Stadium at the Pinstripe Bowl. Maryland all over Virginia Tech, 54-10 to with about a minute left in the fourth quarter. Virginia Tech wearing those uh, New York Yankees helmets today, not working out well for them. you got Clemson and Iowa State coming up in about 20 minutes in the Cheez-It Bowl. Clemson minus two, no Brees Hall today for Iowa State. This is one of the trickier bowl games to pick, man. I would feel like the give-a-rip meter is probably higher for Iowa State. But I think Clemson overall is more talented, even though their coaching staff is decimated. This feels about as close to a coin flip of a game as maybe we've had this bowl season. Right. Uh, I I don't know, man. It's such a weird – do you know who – I know Brees Hall is out. Is there anyone else out for Iowa State? He's the main one. I I think there might be – well, they had had a, a portal entry as well. Trying to figure out, I'm trying to remember which defensive guy they had enter the enter into the portal. Well, um, if if, if the rest couple. of their defense plays, I I have a hard time believing Clemson's going to move the ball on them at all. Pretty bad offense this I, year. Uh, that O line was real their, bad. Their defensive line at Iowa State is is really good. They're you know good on the edges with Will McDonald and and uh, uh, the the big defensive end, good at backer. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if Clemson won that game unless something has really changed for them over the last month or so, which I wouldn't expect it to. So I would take Iowa State, but kind of like everything else in a bowl game, you just kind of never know. Clemson's OC went to Virginia. Their defensive coordinators at Oklahoma, Thad Turnip seeds at OU. Uh, they, they've got a couple other guys from Oklahoma as well. Kind of feels like next year's a big year for Clemson, doesn't it? And if they win today, I'm sure there'll be some momentum going into the offseason with Uwe Young-Galay coming back at quarterback. But if they kind of re- if they do next year, if they go 9-3 and three next year like they did this year, they're going to lose a ton of momentum. And I, I think there's a lot of people that are going to think that Clemson's best days are, are over and they might even go back to the Clemson of old that we knew before Dabo got there. Dabo doesn't seem to think that's the case. He says they're in a fantastic position, which I I feel like they're going to be okay moving forward. Are they going to be competing for a national championship next season or the season after? I I don't know. I'll have to see the the turnaround in action. But I I do kind of feel the same way that they had they had lightning in a bottle there for a handful of years and it's going to be hard to keep that going uh you know considering where they're at and who they're competing against in in recruiting and everything but i don't know i i wouldn't put it past them they got it there the first time i i think they'll have some staying power but we'll have to see man losing your coordinator is going to be a big big thing to overcome for him 
Yeah. Well, there, there was a story today on The Athletic talking about, okay, which teams are going to get, you know, overhyped preseason rankings based on their bowl wins, which basically is, you know, the whole Texas article every single year after they win the Alamo Bowl and, you know, people think that they're going to, you know, make it to the college football playoff or something. The Athletic thinks that Notre Dame – is number one on the list because there's so much excitement. Like we talked about there's not much excitement with Oregon hiring Dan Lanning like there is with OU hiring Brent Venables. The only thing that's close right now, and it's not LSU with Brian Kelly, it's Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman, man. There's a lot of excitement there. And this article is basically saying like, if Notre Dame beats Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, watch out. A lot of people will pick them preseason top five next year with what they have coming back. Yeah. Top five? Yeah. That's hard, for, that's hard for me to project them a top five team next year, but the point is is they're going to be the team, if they win the Fiesta Bowl, that's going to get you know all the, all the preseason hype next year as a playoff team. Yeah, that's probably right. There's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, it's interesting to, to, to think about what, what do you think OU's – hype is going to be next year preseason um i think that they'll be top eight and favorite to win the big 12 and obviously very heavily in the mix for a college football playoff spot just you know what i'll right outside the top five is probably where i i think that they'll be next year yeah i i i think you're probably right on that and I, i this is just kind of how it goes it shouldn't but it does, like, if OU has, like, some really big, impressive performance tonight, that'll factor in because a lot of people just go back and look at your last game, your bowl game, and how you finished last season to see what you're going to do in the upcoming year, even though, especially after losing a bunch of coaches, like, it really doesn't have that big of an impact. I mean, it kind of does on just, like, where your baseline is, but, like, there's going to be way too much taken from this game, good or bad for Oklahoma when it comes to next season. Yeah, when you were off last week, I, I went ahead and just you know projected a little bit. I went Bama one, Bama. Unqu- I mean, without a doubt, I think they're going to be number one next year preseason. Ohio State at two with what they have coming back at quarterback and, and offensively, even though they lose their two studs at receiver. Georgia at three, Michigan at four. And I put Clemson at five and OU in six, but I'm kind of trending away from that five for Clemson by the day. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little uncertain about their future. Yep. Yep. It's tough to know. They're going to have a really good quarterback coming back. And if they can address, I mean, Clemson has the ability to go out and address some, some offensive line issues in the transfer portal. So they'll probably be heavy, heavily involved in that. So I don't know, man. We'll see. That top five, though, I think for the most part is that that's going to be your group. Maybe you throw Notre Dame in there. It's just kind of how, you know, it might be a little bit of a different order. But I think Bama next year with Bryce Young coming back, they'll probably be preseason ranked number one. And like we said, OU right around there on the top five. Um, since we're, right. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting late in the four-hour pregame show today. You got a player of the game that you're thinking about? Maybe a little Jeremiah Hall action? Offense or defense? Uh, let's go offense first. Braden Willis. Ooh, Braden Willis. Yeah. Really? 
Why uh-huh. Braden Willis? He hasn't really been much of a factor all year long. Um, I just like the trend for him. Um, Stogner's gone. I think they're still going to want to get some of the tight end and H backs involved. Uh, I think there there's been. Um, I, Remember the, the fade ball we threw him against Oklahoma State, showing his yeah. capabilities there? I just think they're going to build on it for him. And I just I, I really like his all-around game. I like everything about the way he plays, about the way that he prepares. I, I just, I don't know, I've got a Braden Willis feeling about this week. You're going to hate my uh, offensive player of the game. You're going to think it's lame, and that's fine. It's not Caleb Williams, though. It's not that lame. Oh, wow, okay. Um. If deep balls are going to be a part of the equation tonight, then I I think that this is a uh, really nice game for Marvin Mims. Wasn't the factor at wide receiver this year that we thought that he was going to be, but they'll throw it deep a couple times and hit on a couple deep balls, and they'll be to Mims. Here's your player of the game Hmm. offensively. Uh, I I don't have much of a problem with that. I I do think that... um, I do think some of the deep ball stuff is going to be a factor. I just hope Caleb Williams can get it out there to him on time and on target. Right. Maybe in a dome stadium he'll uh, he'll figure it out and it'll be right on the money. Yeah. You know. Yep. I, Pretty I, good environment I like to throw that, the deep ball tonight. It is. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a great environment for it. And if we can get that running game going, baby, bring the safeties up closer to the line of scrimmage. Get some of that play action going. Find Mims down the field. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good recipe. Now, Could be a you, good chance of that. You have the opportunity to get everyone really excited if you go with Danny Stutzman as defensive player of the game. Would you like to elect to do that? I'm going to Sean White. Mm. Missed opportunity um, there. Well. Aguebu's going to get the start at Mike Backer. You're going to have Aguebu and Deshaun White. Uh, they're getting the starts now. I do think that Stutzman's going to rotate in. Um, I'm interested to see what Stripling does at Rush Backer Same. with Bonito being out. Like he He's going to be a big factor in the game one way or the other. Right, if he has a night and he's able to get to the quarterback um, – you know, play really strong on the edge in some of the run game, that's going to really help our defense out. But if if that spot becomes a liability and he's not creating any pressure there and he's getting blocked and handled on the line of scrimmage in the running game, like that's going to be something that Oregon has the ability to exploit. There may not be another guy on the field tonight that has a bigger audition than him. And, and I – we know how it works, right? With the new coaching staff, especially defensive-minded head coach, virtually every spot next year defensively is going to be up for competition, sure. But come on, man. If Marcus Stripling has a great game, he's going to have to win it in the offseason, but he's going to have a little bit of an edge if he has a breakout game and plays well tonight against Oregon. I, I'm looking at him more than anybody else. The audition that he has tonight is, is a big one, man. It's a big opportunity for him. Because that's an important position. I don't know how, how important it's going to be in next year's scheme, but at least tonight it'll be it'll be critical that he's able to, to get pressure. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. 100%. Like, and that's going to be a big spot moving forward. And we'll see exactly like how that spot is 
um, utilized and rostered, so to speak, moving forward for Venables. May try and put a different body type there in in his scheme. Just kind of have to see what rolls there. But um, that that's going to be a position moving forward. What our edge guys, edge guys, like it's it's the lifeblood of your defense in this day and age. And if you've got big, physical, capable pass rushers there that can defend against the run as well, it it goes a long, long way. So that's going to be a spot that Venables is going to. Prior or prioritize big time moving forward, and this is a, a good spot to get a leg up if you're if you're Stripling or Clayton Smith or any of those other guys. Yeah, the last elite defense that Brent Venables had at Clemson, um, he had Isaiah Simmons <laughs> rolling around at the backer position. So we we've seen how critical it is for for him to have one of those guys. Right. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Pre-game show rolls on. We're taking you all the way up to 6 o'clock. Tyler's hanging out there at Scratch. I'm here at the Valero Alamo Bowl right now. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It is the Rush on the Ref live from Scratch. 132 West Main Street right here in Norman. They have a duck wing appetizer special today. Come in and check that out. Come watch the football game here at Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails, 132 West Main Street in Norman. Or if you're already like, eh, I'd like to come to Scratch to watch the game, but I'm probably just going to watch it at home or at a friend's house, that's cool too. Just come by and get a to-go cocktail. They, they've got, I've got the to-go cocktail list in front of me. We're talking multiple, type, uh, multiple flavors of margarita. You've got a French 75 on there, a mimosa, bot- a mimosa bottle, old-fashioned, which I'm a huge fan of old-fashioned's. They got several cocktails to go on the menu here. Come by and check out Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails, 132 West Main Street in Norman. And you already know what time it is. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. So let's get to it. Store number one is. Yeah, and by the way, remember that uh, this segment brought to you by Roof Tech. Uh, If you've had any issues with, with your roof, whether it's wind or hail, just need a new one, Got leaks, call the guys over at Roof Tech, let them take care of you. Josh Tucker and those guys do an outstanding job. I thought this was interesting. Um, it looks like Wentz may not be able to go for the Colts. They called Phillip Rivers, Tyler, Woo! and we may see Ellinger as well for the Colts. How about that? How much do you how much do you think it costs for um, for Phillip Rivers to get a babysitter for this weekend? To, oh for gosh. all his 18 kids multiple 18 babysitters kids, multiple babysitters trip across the country um have to deal with him just being an all-around dork um <laughs> god he's he is super old and could barely move and throw the shot put uh style football whenever he was done what do you think it looks oh, yeah. like right now uh he, it's gonna have to be uh, underhand most likely gonna look like yeah. a texas tech offense no 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 throws more than five yards down the field uh, the Holiday Bowl could not find anyone for NC State, so the game is off, and it's end up going to get in the head coach of NC State a hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus, uh, which was nice. Uh, and it sounds like Georgia Kirby Smart says they're going to be near full strength after going through some COVID stuff by the time uh, the game rolls around. So doesn't look like it's going to be an issue for Georgia. Uh, so that's a good thing. Yeah, he did say. He also said today that Stetson Bennett is going to be his starter for the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. But he's been throwing around some hints, man. And I don't know if it's gamesmanship or what, but 
been throwing around some hints that in the right situation, JT Daniels could get in the football game. Now, maybe that situation is their offense is terrible and they need a spark, but he's, uh, he's kind of feeding in that USC transfer might get some time. Right. Well, um, I don't know. I think that that's I think that's some gamesmanship, and uh, because the two guys are are really different in, in their approaches, and the offense is different under each of them. I'm kind of like you. I think that if JT Daniels comes in, it means that Georgia has found themselves in a deficit, and they're going to be throwing more to yeah. try and find their way out of it. So. Agreed. That's kind of where I'm at with that. And Aaron Rodgers, it's already starting. We're not even at the end of the season yet. But the talk and the conversation about what he's going to do next year is already starting. Now, he has said that he's not going to drag this thing out, but he hasn't ruled out retirement after this season. Says the decision's going to be quick. What do you think? Uh, He'll be playing football next year and beyond. He's not going to walk away from the game having maybe the best season that he's ever had in his professional life. I don't believe that for a second. That may be, that yeah. may be leverage. Or I, I don't know what that is, but he'll, he'll be playing football next year. Don't worry about that. Who do you think the next head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be uh, set to interview Doug Peterson? They've also uh, asked for permission to, to interview some other guys out there, um, former Detroit Detroit Lions and Colts coach Jim Caldwell among those. I think I saw Byron Leftwich is among those, Todd Bowles, uh, Dan Quinn. So there's going to be a lot of guys out there. Who do you think is going to end up being the next coach at Jacksonville? I think they're going to hire another unpopular college football coach. Uh, Dan Mullen will be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> next year. Mark it down. That would be fantastic. That's all I've got. Yeah, so Ole Miss is looking for their replacement for Jeff Levy at OC. They've made that hire. Ole Miss is hiring a familiar name, South Florida offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss, Jr. He was actually with Lane Kiffin at FAU, and if I remember right, that was the year that FAU came to Norman. Charlie yes. Weiss Jr. was like 23 or 24 years old when he was Kiffin's OC. Yeah, I remember they made that hire because the previous year, Kendall Bryles was with Kiffin, right? And they lit it up. And then uh, Kendall Bryles left. And obviously, Kiffin, without one of those great offensive coordinators on his staff, they were terrible the year following. So. Uh, interesting. We'll see what happens got, there. But that is that is a, a interesting hire. Got to mention this. Um, everyone upset today because John Madden passed away last night. I, I mean, when you're talking about iconic names in football, you you, you kind of start with John Madden, whether it's on the coaching side or whether it's on the on the broadcasting side. And, and I'm a part of a piece that's going out on Monday for Barrett Sports Media, and the angle that I took was from the Madden um, NFL game, uh, kind of on that. And, and one of the points I made, see if you agree with this or not, is, you know, if you ask a random person who was the NFL MVP in 2005, well, probably not a whole lot of people remember who the MVP was in 2005. I feel like most people, though, would remember who the Madden cover was back in 2005. Huh. Let me see if I can remember this. Okay. The Madden, so the Madden cover in 2005, would that be usually the person that had a really good 4 would it yeah. be like Jerome Bettis? No, it was uh, Ray Lewis. I think I looked it up today. 
Ray Sean Lewis. Alex, I believe Sean Alexander was the NFL yeah. MVP in 05, and I think Ray Lewis was the cover athlete for Madden 05. But, I mean, in a lot of ways, it, it's become an even bigger deal than winning right. the MVP. It's like the Madden cover is a big, it's a big thing. No, it is. And I'll tell you, on top of that, I, it never fails to see some of the psychotic people out there on social media. It's awful, man. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of a, of a death, start to throw some type of weird, barbs out there like talking about how the madden game led like led to all these concussions in football so stupid it's done, like man. some of the connections like people are trying to make it's just there's no way anyone honestly feels that way it all has to be some like demonic grasp for attention it's pathetic it's the thing I hate most about our society. Yeah, me and you both. Uh, this is from Blink and Riley. Here's some numbers for the game tonight. OU has played Oregon seven times. The last time they played, Oregon beat OU by one point. The other six times, OU has won by a combined 170 points. So Woo! it's a pretty good omen for tonight's game, huh? And 16 years to 16 years today is the last time OU beat Oregon. That was that 05 Holiday Bowl. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Last one I have is Pope Francis reveals three key words for every successful marriage. Would you like to guess what the 85-year-old uh, Pope says the three most important words in a marriage are? Uh, I, I don't even have a guess. Tell me what they are. Please, sorry, and thank you. That's what the Pope's saying. Agree yeah. or disagree? Uh, I, there, there is some, there's some truth to that. I saw a couple of people retweet it. Um, uh, I, I saw one girl tweeted out and it's pretty funny and it was relentless suffocating defense. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I that, that was great. great. That was great. Hey, uh, actually one last one. Uh, Baker's wife is saying that uh, he's getting death threats following the Browns loss to the Green Bay Packers. So, you already mentioned one thing that you hate about society. Uh, that This one probably has to be number two. Yeah, uh, what a loser he is. He took them from, what, winning one or two games in three years to I think he's got a 500 record with them so far, and uh, that's that's what he gets in return. And I agree, uh, he, he has not played well, but there's some other factors involved. Their roster's been decimated. He's been playing injured pretty much the entire season. I mean, it's it's crazy how far fan bases go in just a short amount of time, right? Yeah, um, along with that record that you're talking about, had a playoff win last year against their most hated rival, and it wasn't really that close. It was a blowout. One but of the better the moments Browns fans have had in, you know, a while. Here's the other side of it. And – and this is like his wife was putting out this statement about the death threats and everything. There's a real easy solution. Get off of social media. Yeah. Delete your accounts. If you don't want to be part of the toxicity, just step out of it. You've got that ability. Just step out of it. You don't need it. 
Well, that, that's the I mean, advice. That's actually, like that, if it's, that, if it's really she, wearing on you. That's how she became famous, though. So, like, to the normal person, it makes all the sense of what you're saying, but she's basically who she is because of Instagram, so maybe not as easy for her just to log off social media. But I, I do agree with the point, and I would give her that advice as well. Life would be a lot better Life. for you. Hey, if, if you want the fame and you want the attention and you want all of the stuff that comes with it, well, guess what? There's there's negatives there as well. So that's it. Yep. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up our number three next. Stay tuned. Cavens Construction Group bringing you hour number three of the rush on this game day. They are specializing in facilities maintenance and residential roofing. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Check them out, cavensconstructiongroup.com. I'm at Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Come by and see us. We're here until 6, 132 West Main Street. They have a duck wing appetizer special to go cocktails. Caleb Williams is a regular here. I found that out today, huh? So forget about the specials that I'm throwing out, out, out at you. If it's good enough for Caleb Williams, it's uh, good enough for the rest of us, right, Teddy? I guess we don't have Ted Lehman. He is uh, occupied at the Alamo Bowl right now. So here's what we'll do. We'll go to the text line. We'll dedicate this entire segment to the text line because I know it's backed up. 651-3439. Josh, what do we got? Player of the game. Drake Stoops, what do you think? Which, by the way, we had a couple of submissions earlier for perfect finish would be Caleb Williams finds Drake Stoops for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I didn't put that one as an option. Now, I'm still sticking with the the perfect ending is a fake field goal or a fake punt, vintage Bob to win. But, I mean, for a feel-good story, Drake Stoops catching a touchdown and overtime to win it, that's that's tough to beat. That's That's clearly number two, right? How about Mario Williams, player of the game? You like it? Uh, no, not right. Teddy, when's the last time Mario Williams had a big game? <sighs> Has he ever? Um, they were force feeding it to he's, him early in the season, but he kind of disappeared late. He's had he's had some some games where he's had plays here and there, but I don't know what his biggest game of the year is. Um, yeah, and I, I would kind of be shocked if if he had like a breakout here against Oregon, but I don't know. Crazier things have happened. He's the he's the fourth leading receiver on the team. Three hundred fifty total yards, thirty three receptions, four touchdowns. Let's see his biggest game. He had a hundred yard game against Tech. Five catches, hundred yards, one touchdown. Um, that's his most recent big game. So it's the only time he went anywhere close to 100 yards. Let's hit two more before we hit the top of the hour, Josh. Put on your big boy pants. Get tougher, Baker's wife. Suck it up, Buttercup, which I would just chime (laughs) in and say. that's weird. (laughs) Anytime it goes to the point of death threats, I mean, come on, that's too far. uh, Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't need to put it out on social media, but okay. All right. It's too far. There's no doubt it's too far, but it (sighs) – it's where morons hang out is social media. So don't be surprised whenever you lose a football game and some idiot fans out there uh, send some type of death threat. 
just like don't be surprised when someone is is all around loved as John Madden passes away and idiots on social media uh, try and make him out to be some evil tyrant for putting his name on a video game. It's where the lowest of the low hang out on social media. So if you don't want to be a part of it, step out. Easy solution. Josh, we got one more real quick. Perfect ending. Sooners rolling the ducks and players carrying Bob off on their shoulders. Love it. There better be a Bob Stoops. If you're, if you're heading to the game, there better be a Bob Stoops chant tonight. That's all I'm saying. Make it happen. Agree. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush coming up. Stay tuned.